I have been procrastinating and putting this off. Um, but look, I'm back again. Um, uh, for a second week in a row, which is a good streak. I'm going to try and keep this streak. And you see, I don't know if you've listened to last week's episode, but do you see what I can achieve when I'm no longer dealing with men? Oh my God. I'm doing all of the things like still running, um, still, yeah, just doing whatever the hell it is I need to do. Um, I've started my new job and I'm liking it. I like my team. Everyone seems great. It's quite intense, a very intense role, um, which I kind of wanted because I like chaos. I do actually like and I thrive in chaos. And I did mention in my interview, like, look, um, I'm not, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather be in where some, I'd rather be somewhere where something's always happening. Or there's something I can always fix and make changes to and challenge and really get stuck in. So, yeah, I'm enjoying that. Um, So, uh, if you don't know who you're speaking with, my name is Sid. Um, You can find me on socials as Sid the Aquarius or the podcast page, which is I Sid What I Sid. Um, Yeah, so this is going to be a um, themed episode. So we're just going to be sticking to one topic. I did mention, I did a poll um, a few months ago. Um, That was really when I was in the swing of things. And it was the four topics that I wanted to cover, which was colorism, um, usefulness um, as black queer people, or or just queer people of color, Um, grief. Did I mention colorism? Oh, and healthy friendships and relationships. Yeah, so this one, we're going to be doing colorism. So episode of this is let's talk about colorism. After this episode as well, um, I am going to, I thought, should I do my poem at the end? And then I was like, no, I'm just going to release it separately um, and have that there as well as part of the structure of it. So I don't want it to be like, I, I noticed other podcasts have like an order of things and they like to do things very like structured and I, I I love that for them not saying that like there's anything wrong with it but I just want to do it differently <laughs> I don't know for me it just feels right it just feels right that I do this themed episode um you've got your poem to listen to which will be however many minutes that is it's not going to be as long as an episode trust and believe um but yeah, it's just going to be there. And, you know, if you want, instead of having to, like, go to the theme, themed episode, and then find it in there, the poem is just there. So that makes more sense. I don't know. I don't know. Um, And then I just get back to being on my bullshit, <laughs> which is my regular episodes, and titling it as whatever I title it as. So, um... We're just going to get into the things, the very, very things anyway, which is like just my week, how my week has been. Guys, I'm actually running for 30 minutes. I can't believe that. When I was like, I think, was I like three, four episodes in? And I was saying that I'm struggling. Like, how the hell am I supposed to run for, um, was it eight minutes and then five minutes and then eight minutes and I was struggling? There's me running. Last week, I managed to do... 25 minutes um but the first i think that was week six run three so 
that one was just like, yeah, you're going to do 25 minutes. Um, when I did that, the, the 20 minute one, right? I was meant to run for 20 minutes straight. And I was like, I can't do this because they give you one where it's like 12 minutes or something like that or or 10 minutes. I can't even remember, but it was intervaled. And it was just like, okay, cool. I'm going to have to double this. I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can do like a maximum running of like eight or 10 minutes and then just jump to 20. And then I attempted it, got a stitch, wasn't able to do it. I ran for like 17 and a half minutes because the pain was just unbearable. And then I looked, it was like hydration and all those kind of things there. Um, I was like, why have I got that abdominal stitch? And you know, when looking up symptoms, I tend to do like an extensive search. I, I point at pinpoint exactly where the pain is. Um, but I've now got to the point where I'm actually able to run for 25 minutes. These are 25 minute runs, but I just wanted to be extra on Sunday and I ran for half an hour. Um, if you are running in parks and stuff, because like it's cold, um, some trees are like dead as well. Um, there were some trees that had fallen onto the path. So I noticed two of them had fallen. I don't know whether it was the wind I don't know whether it was like these were dead branches anyway or whatever. One tree fell over, one branch was on the path. And I was just like, yep, I don't want to be in one of those final destination situations. Not me. No, thank you. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Couch to 5K going well. Like, I know the program is nine weeks and in nine weeks you're supposed to run for half an hour, but... I'm just going to push myself and do the minimums anyway, um, which is the 25 minutes for this week. And then week eight is going to be 28 minutes. And then week nine is going to be 30 minutes. So if I'm able to complete the lap around the reservoir twice, that is 5.14 kilometers. And I've literally done my couch to 5K. So let's just see where we are in two weeks time. Yeah, um, In the new year, I think I mentioned this before, my goal is to run to the gym and run back after work when I finish, when I'm working from home those days. Um, and let's see how that goes, you know? Um, what else, what else, what else? Right, so, yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of my fitness journey. Did I also mention, like, yeah, I mentioned I've left men alone. Um, and, yeah, they need to leave me alone as well because I've had one very mad person um dm me on twitter or now known as x and again i don't know you from nowhere random white man and he was like hi and i'm thinking okay because you know sometimes i might tweet something and people will ask me for an opinion on something or whatever it is so i don't know what you're on so i'm just replying back hi and then he's like how are you okay i'm, I'm great thanks how are you oh good by the way, I'm horny or something like that. And I'm just like, listen, I don't know what you want me to do with that information. I don't, what do you want me to do with that information? This is Twitter. What do you want me to do with that information? What do you want me to do? There's, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can, I can't offer you anything. There's nothing you can offer me because I don't want it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, and it feels... I'll probably cover this on another episode because I had like, I had like a really deep conversation with my mum yesterday and 
this feeling of just having complete agency over my interactions with men and also being in control of intimacy it's not something that I have to surrender it's not something that I have to um compromise and I know I'm gonna feel bad after it's it's like it's like knowing you're hungry and eating gummy bears or biscuits and chocolate and those kind of things it's it's calorie dense like you'll you'll need it you know you can burn energy from it but you're gonna still feel hungry and afterwards you're just not gonna feel good you're gonna feel sick but it tastes good but tastes don't last very long but the stomach pain will last a lot longer so it's not good for you so it's like these kinds of things not saying that I would have gotten with that man anyway but like but I'm just saying in general there are very um Oh, what's the there are very a lot of people bombarding me more, more than usual and it's like oh you know um I've noticed since like losing weight and the, this is what I don't like about losing weight um just from the societal sense of it and this isn't me trying to like take up space for for people who are a lot bigger than me but the one thing I've noticed when losing weight is um and this is just me sharing my experience is the amount of respect that people give you, the amount of um, the ways in which people are willing to get to know you personally based on what they see on the outside. And I don't like that because I ha- me, how I am and how I stick to my integrity, even though last week, yes, I said I was going to be shallow, but I was just on some bullshit. I didn't mean it. Okay. <sighs> right. So... Well, no, I didn't... Okay, I didn't mean it. What I more meant was... I am not settling. I just meant I'm not settling. I meant that... Yeah, I'm just not settling. And if if it means being shallow, then that's just what it is. And when we get into it on the colorism bit of it, like, you know... um that hopefully that will all become clear but I, I, I just don't want to deal with men in crisis I don't want to deal with men in crisis I don't want to deal with men that are um, like have no ambition I don't want to deal with men that are um, immature I don't want to deal with men that are closeted and can't offer you no future I just, I just don't want to because there are other men who don't have to do as much as I have to, not even a fraction of the things I have to do that don't even have to sacrifice a single damn thing. They could be a bum on the street and they are still able to get the bare minimum requirements that I want. And I'm sorry, but having somebody who is, um, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really a big person on looks. And unfortunately, if you've seen some of my exes, you, <laughs> you'd understand. I'm not, I'm more like, oh, this is sounding so shit. I'm really, I'm really lining myself up for this. But if you've seen some of my exes, like looks weren't that important. Okay. Like, sorry to any of you that are listening to this, but you know, um, you had a nice personality at the time. Um, yeah, that's all I can say. 
um and some you know who was it that said it because someone said it about meek mill and they were like this is how i like my men medium ugly <laughs> then again someone could say that about me i don't care um so yeah like but like i said sorry i, I go off on tangents um yes so all i'm saying is i just want the minimum requirements like okay to you know to look okay look after yourself have ambition loyalty um you know integrity and be like be like protective in a way like protect me the way i'll have my back the way i'll have yours like you know what i'm saying like do for me what i would do for you that's what that that it's not it's not too much to ask for it's not there's like like i tweeted earlier today there's shade borough podcast nigglets yeah that are like oh i think on a first date you should spend that thousand pound at hackersan in it bruv because that's what i'm not asking for i don't need those things i really don't i have my own things i can work towards getting my own things I can manifest my own things. I will find a way to have my own things. I'm okay. I don't need someone to do that. I don't need someone to do that. We can work together towards things. Absolutely. I don't need someone to come into my life and change. I don't need that. And I don't... Mm, I have it in my heart to do it for others. But I, I, I've realised I can't do that anymore. I can't. Um, and I don't want to. I really don't. Um, yeah. So there's that, and oh, yeah. So that's just how my week has been. Anything exciting? Did I record? My mum. Did I say something about? Yeah, my mum came back from Gambia as well. She came back. I picked up from the airport. She came back, and that was good. Um, what else happened? That's pretty much been my week. The council man, fuck the council. Sorry, fuck them. Um, they are really just very unhinged people. They, <laughs> oh my God, this, this council, like they're just approving developments left, right and center, but you have no money. You're bankrupt. You're bankrupt. You're bankrupt. You are, ba- you don't have any money. I've, someone stole my um paper bin pod and you can't even afford to replace it and the joke is right is that people have to pay for their bin pods so if people are paying you like money and those kind of things to replace their recycling bins and whatnot where what are you doing with their money where is their money where is their money what are you doing with it it's weird um i don't know we'll probably have a podcast one day and I'll tell you all the things about how the outsourcing system works because all these conversations that these left-wing politicians are having and the ways in which these right-wing politicians are making it seem like it's the best thing since sliced bread. And it's just very mad. Like, people need to really understand how outsourcing works. And if people did, you lot would be very mad. And that's why I'm mad. Um... Yeah, and mad metaphorically and literally. Um, so yeah, there was that. My house plants, my house plants are doing very well. None of them have died um this winter. Some died while I was away. If the allocations, I think I should I, I think I'm gonna buy them in the spring instead. 
um, because I bought them in the autumn time and they, I, I, there was nothing I could do for them. Like they had water, they had heat, they had shade, like indirect light. Um, they had the humidity, still died. Don't know what to do for them. Um, don't know what temperature they need. I just don't know. So we'll see. Um, there was that. The mushrooms are going great. Um, they are actually like spreading like wildfire. Like, well, the mycelium is spreading throughout the bag like wildfire. So I've ordered some cocoa choir and aqua. I don't know how you say it, but yeah, cocoa choir. And um, I've got a monotub now. I've also got the, um, oh my God, something substrate. But you know what, right? It went missing. I, I ordered it on eBay and they wrapped it up like cocaine. You know, that's why every hold on to, held onto my package so long. They wrapped it up like cocaine. And I'm thinking, there's me getting onto X, formerly Twitter, to cuss them out. And I was saying, I really think the government need to intervene and just shut you down, like cease you from trading. And I was, I'm being dead serious because they've lost, they lost about five, at least five of my parcels this year. They lost my toothpaste. They lost my um, trainers. They lost my um, Black Pride outfit. They lost my glasses. What else have they lost? They've lost loads of things. They've, they, listen, they've lost things. And I, I, even though I don't know by memory, I know in spirit. Yeah, they lost them. So there's that. Um, and is there anything else? Um, yeah, so no, I'm not going to praise anybody or cast anybody out this, um, this episode. I'm just going to get straight into it. So yeah, now we're going to talk about colorism. Um, by the way, I just want to give this disclaimer there is going to be themes of um, just through my, like my own experiences, experiences of others, um, observations of mine. And I need to let you know, again, I'm just going to remind you of the first boundary that I have. The first boundary, um, you know, sorry, the episodes, the boundaries that I set on my first episode, right, was this is a podcast where we talk about underrepresented views and um it's going to be experiences that i've experienced and stuff that happened in my geographical location because it is not represented so if you are one of those people who live in a capital city who live in a very big city who live in somewhere where it is overrepresented or you are part of that demographic the best thing for you to do is just listen. That's what podcasts are for. Listen. Um, think about it. Do what you will with it. I don't know. But I'm just here to go and say, this is my safe space to go and speak what I want to go and say and not be spoken down to, spoken at, because that's what happens in these conversations ignored dismissed um gaslit undermines and also people have this perspective when it comes to like blackness and queerness because they are from a lot they they 
have um, a higher bargaining power just by the grace of their location, um, whether it is in America, whether it is in um, a capital city, where they can just be like, well, here's how you're going to go and apply my um, solutions to your problems. And if you don't do it, you're stupid. And even though that's not what they're saying verbatim, that's what they're saying. And I've, I've, I've had that a lot. So again, this is just my perspective. These are just my views. These are just my experiences. There are going to be themes of childhood abuse. There are going to be themes of um, sexual abuse and um, all sorts of things. So massive, massive trigger warning for that. Um, you may want to not listen to this episode at all. You may want to get your composure together. Um, sorry, compose yourself. You may want to listen to it in bites or whatever. It's it, that is just it's it's just that kind of episode. Um, so yeah. Also, um, don't reach out to me. I'm fine. I'm in the place to do this. If I yeah, come on. Those of you who know me, those of you who do message me by now, um, what you should know <laughs> is that I'm always going to be good. And if I wasn't in a place to do something, I wouldn't do it. So there's no need to message me with any sympathy, any pity, any empathy, um, because I don't know if it's not going to make me feel better, but if you do want to make me feel good, um, share the link, repost it. Um, Send it on to somebody. So send it to somebody who you think will benefit to hear from it. Or take a soundbite and, and post it and upload it. If you want and tag me, you know. Do that. Um, that would make me feel better, <laughs> you know. Um, that would, you know, as I mentioned previously in my um, in my last episode, I run to people in crisis to, to, to make myself feel better. And I need, I need to stop doing that. But... Um, still, it's just the way that I'm socialized, the way that I'm, my nature is, I do feel, I do feel good when I help people, I do, I, I do, I do, I have an addiction to helping people, there we go, um, so yeah, there's that, so let me just kick this off, so, um, my earliest memory of colorism, right, and, oh, my, my earliest memory of colorism, and, I would probably say when I was probably about four years old, probably four, but as, as probably as early as I could remember, um, that I could just understand humans could speak, you know, like, you, you know, things are being said to you. Um, and it's quite like fucked up <laughs> again, because what used like, so in the order of a mum's children, um, or my dad's children, yeah, mum and dad's children. So my dad has got like, I've got three older sisters, sorry, four older sisters, right? Um, my dad has got three of them with um, hit the mother of his first children. Um, then you've got my mum, after they broke up and whatever, and they had six children together. And then I've got like two other siblings that like yeah after mum and dad have split so there's that so um my sister my first sister 
Um, well, not my first sister. Oh, no, well, yeah. My dad's first the three daughters, they're all light-skinned, right? They're all light to brown-skinned. Um, and, yeah, there's that. So then my sister as well, she will be classed as the lightest shade of brown-skinned. But um, then there was me. You, some of those of you who know what I look like came along. And um, I just... I remember, my again, my earliest memories of colorism was um, when I used to go and stay over at my nan's house. And what my nan would do, because my nan's, my nan's jet black, she's, she's dark, um, you know, and she's got maroon features, um, you know, the, the long hair, um, the, hot, the high um, cheekbones, the, um, you know, t- doesn't look like she ages at all. Um, quite tall she just has those features right and she's very dark but she hated herself and and that's what I've learned to realize now and again it goes back to like when I used to stay over there and at bath time she would always bathe me with like a it's like it's like a scourer but it's not a scourer that you used to like scrub the dishes with like you scrub pots with or or sometimes there'd be a brush, like a, a, a scrubbing brush as well. And I noticed that she would like bathe me with that and my skin would, oh my God, my skin would just hurt so much. Like it was mad. And then I, I didn't understand why she was doing that, but that was the first person. Like, even though I couldn't speak back because I was like, I, I don't, you know, when you're, when you're of that age, when you're like pre, um, primary school age, your words as a child are very limited, but you can understand what is happening. And the way that my brain works, right. Um, because I am, I am on some neurodiverse spectrum. I just don't fully know. I did have an assessment in uni, but that is a whole nother story. All I know is I'm dyslexic. (laughs) I didn't go back for the rest, but yeah, but anyway, my long-term memory is very good. Like, I can remember things like I was literally right there. Mum was always like, how do you remember that? Because I just do. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I can remember what somebody was wearing. I can remember what the weather was like. I can remember what the smells were. I can remember, like, literally, like, I have I have a very good visual memory um, in my childhood. So... She would do that. She would scrub my skin and um, she'd point towards like the soap scum. Like, look how you're black and ugly. Look how the dirt has come off. Like, you know, all the dirt that's coming off your skin. Like, um, and then even though I was in pain, the way, the words that she would use to soothe me and comfort me is like, don't worry. Like one day you will be white and pretty. And I thought, I don't know. I thought that was a good thing. I I know. Like, I thought that was, was a good thing. Like, you know, your skin is being scrubbed. You're in pain. But it's like, I'm dirty. I'm black. I'm too dark. And I would say, here's when I realised that. Here's when it got more fucked up. Was when um, I went to go and say to my... No, sorry. My younger brother. So my younger brother, he's in Shanghai, right? But he, when he was born, it's quite funny actually, because when he was born, he was pale. And then 
he um he went to Trinidad in two thousand and want to say seven. I was in year ten. Maybe 2007, 2008. I don't know. But he went there. The guy tanned. <laughs> and his skin never went back. So he went from light-skinned to bre- like to brown. Just like that. Like, yeah. To a, like a brownish dark. But yeah. It was just one of them ones there. So then... um, Yeah, like... But when we were children, though. When we were young. And she bathed us. She would bathe me with that, so with that same scourer. Like, imagine the, the scourer. I'm trying to explain it in my head. It's like a scrunchy, but like for dishes. It's one of those things. But it's, it wasn't made of metal. Though, it was made of plastic. And she'd scrub me with that. And um, she'd go across and she'd say to my brother, like, you know, she'd wash him in front of me with a flannel. And she'd be like, don't worry. I'm not going to say my brother's name on the podcast. Like, but yeah, it's privacy and them things there. But um, she'd be like, yeah, don't worry about that. He's got woman's skin. And I like, huh? I'm looking at her. His, his skin is soft. His skin is pretty. You know, his skin is clean because he, he was fair. He was very fair skinned. Um, and, you know, that for me, it was, I don't know, because I'm, I'm thinking as you're getting older, you know, you're getting to like five, six, seven years old. You're starting to realize that, wait a second. Mum bathes the both of us. She makes sure that we've got to brush our teeth when we wake up, when we go to bed. We've got to make our bed. We've got to... We can only wear clothes. Um, like, you can only wear your clothes... What was it again? There was a rule. You can wear your clothes if they get dirty or you can wear them the next day, but no more than two days, if that makes sense, right? So you can wear a shirt don't wear the shirt again, like, no, sorry, wear the shirt, you can wear it again the next day, as long as it's not dirty or smelly, and then after that, as a rule, it needs to go into the wash, so we all have that same rule as children, right, with our clothes, and, um, obviously, not underwear, I don't think I was wearing underwear for two days, but anyways, um, (laughs) that was not the case, so, that was just the rule there, but anyway, like, I'm thinking we have the same hygiene routine, like, so why is it that you're, he's clean and I'm not? That never made any sense to me. So, um, yeah, those those are just my first memories of colorism. And then, like, it was, I. but the thing is, I loved being at my nan's house. I really, like, I like the smell of, um, like, Lenore, um, the fabric softener or conditioner, as we call it in the UK, like, I just love the smell of that in the summer and the way that our house would smell just so like fresh and so sweet and all of those kinds of things Like she was because, you know, she'd retired. She'd, or she just had time to do. She had time to just really be like doing all sorts of like whatever she'd be doing, like housewife stuff, even with no mandate. <laughs> she just had the time. Um, she'd like really spoil us she'd make us like Jamaican hot chocolate all of those kinds of things and the house just smelled amazing like it was it just smelled of Nan's house and to me like I get I'm very conflicted it was it was very conflicting it was a very conflicting time um but when I'd wake up because the the way that the windows were facing and my Nan's house was like she had the obsession with things white 
Um, her bed sheets had to be white. Everything had to be white. Um, the wallpaper, like white. Uh, the um, just neck curtains, white curtains, white. Every or, or cream, you know. And the way that the sun would hit in the morning, it was just bright, and it felt like it just. I don't know. It it would see. Well, oh, is this what heaven is like? You know. Um, so it was really, really bright. It was so bright in like in the mornings. But then she'd be standing over me and she'd be like, look how your mouth is push up and look how... And she'd make like facial expressions and then tell me that I was ugly. And I know I've been rambling on for this for quite a bit, but that those those things there like that happened during childhood, um, that like carried on all the way like I only just managed th- that damage that happened within those few years right um I only just began to unlearn that and be in a position of self-love when I hit 25 years of age and when I look back at um like when I was about nine ten you know I was I was beardless obviously but I have like a beauty spot on my um, right cheek and also um, on on my right chin as well. I also had two, but they're faded now. Um, oh, well, no, actually, I'm just looking at it now. One of them is fit. Yeah, you can barely see it. Um, but I had two beauty spots as well on my um, left arm. And the thing is, because those were the darkest parts of me as a child... Um, when we'd go places like shopping, I'd always wear like long sleeves and I hated wearing shorts. Um, and I used to have, like, I, and this is the thing as a child, I didn't know that I was experiencing anxiety. I thought that, oh my God, everybody is looking at this beauty spot and it's so ugly. I need to hide it. And if someone's staring at me, they're staring at me in disgust because it's the blackest part of me and it is ugly. That was, like, um, that's just what happened in it. So, yeah. Um, now, yeah, I think I've covered everything for that. But going into, like, so th- th- that's the, probably the first place I learned colorism. And the thing is, when I found, f- finally found the, um, the courage to, like, tell mum what, what was happening because I realised it was wrong... Like, my nan was just like, what? She completely denied it. And she was like, oh my God, I wouldn't... She's like, fam, this was the first time. This is the first time I... (laughs) This is the first time I experienced gaslighting. (laughs) Oh my God. Because she was like, she would start bawling. She started bawling and like, I would never do that. Look how I treat you so well. Look how I've... Did we not get on so good? All of the, I, I can't believe you would do me like this. Oh my God. She was, do, and she said, oh Jesus Christ in heaven. What have I done? I did my best. I would never do that. Look, didn't we have a good time? And didn't I give you pocket money? And didn't, I was just like, huh? So I'm thinking, oh my God. Like, I've upset her. So I need to go take back what I've said. <laughs> I need to go take back what I've said. And, um... Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because like when I got to like probably ten, 
yeah, about 10, 11. That's when I was like, okay, cool. Now nah, I don't need you to bathe back and bathe myself. But still the looks and the stares and all of those kind of things when staying over at our house would still happen. Um, just until I just didn't want to be there anymore and I just didn't. And then, yeah, she still, she still made digs up until like my adulthood, like um, inspecting my shirt collar and saying, you must wash your neck, it's black. It's all, and I'm just, I just... I just realised just brush it off just ignore her like I really did but in secondary school now here's the thing in secondary school it got to the point like colorism there was like fam there needs to be I don't know they, we, we need like a board of like black people with sense we need like some sort of committee where there are just black people who get together for the interests of black people like Put religion to one side, put sexuality to one side, put gender to one side, put politics to one side, put class to one, put all them things to one side. We just need people who ride out as a collective for people who are black. That's it. Yeah. Because how the fuck in secondary school, that was survival. How people were allowed to call us blick. How people were allowed to call us monkey. How people were allowed to call us like, oh, you dirty African and da, 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 because I've got a Muslim name in it. So that was just like, for me was survival. Like secondary school for a lot of us back then because I, I was speaking to some parents um, a few days ago and they were saying they don't really have to deal with um, the same xenophobia that they had in secondary school. They don't have the same racism and xenophobia it was nowhere near as bad as what we had in the early 2000s, early to like, early to mid 2000s, yeah. Um, it's nowhere near as bad as that. And I'm like, okay, cool. But still, like it was bad because teachers would join in. And um, it was, it was, it was really bad. Like it was really, really bad. And I just remember suffering because I was like, okay, cool. Like, the worst part, oh my god, the, the like the wet that the, the the stray that you always knew you had to go and catch was when it was time to turn off the lights and put the projector on, right? Because they never really had smart boards or whatever it was. Like they would turn off the lights, the curtains. It's like where's um Sid gone? Where's such and such gone? Oh, they would just point to the darkest person in the room and make fun of them, and it was so fucked up like everyone's laughing and nobody's finding racism funny no one's finding the clicking noises that and bearing in mind this is Hansworth you know Hansworth is a very it's it's densely populated with black people it's a windrush like um area it's one of the windrush parts of Birmingham right Hansworth for those of you who don't know Hansworth is basically like Harlem the funnily enough we had a um, dinner lady who, she was Jamaican and from the Bronx and she moved to, Han like Hansworth is like just one of the places where a Hollywood Jamaicans just settled. That's just what it was like, yeah? So for that to happen there and no one say anything was very mad. And the thing is like, we never really had, even though I grew up in a very conscious household that, told me like a very conscious and pan-african household that taught me about like the willie lynch letter and 
um, they are going to favour people who are darker, sorry, who are lighter than you. And that's down to the Willie Lynch letter. It never really addressed the actual term, which was colorism, right? It never actually addressed it. So even when going to my parents and saying what has happened, I'm kind of grateful in a way that even though they weren't able to have that conversation with me, they used what tools were available to them at that time to equip me with, like, what I needed not to put up with that shit. But, yeah, so there uh, there was that. And I want to, like, I want to speak on, like, where colorism is learned. And the reason why I want to take it away from dating is because I think colorism is so common in households it's common in parenting. It's common. You learn it from grandparents. You learn it from... I even learned it, like, when I was going to the shop to get my... Like, my sister... My sister's got long hair. Um, She's got 4C... Like, we all have 4C hair, I think. Yeah, all of us have 4C hair. But when our hair grows past a certain length, you it, it, it's more like... It's like blow-dried. Like, you know when your hair is blow-dried? Our hair is like that once it grows past a certain length, even though it's 4C. So, but without the blow drying. Um, And if I was to blow dry it, it's just straight. So yeah, there's that. Um, But I remember when we go to get our hair done and people would say, oh, you ain't got no typical nigger head. And you know, when you you hear like older yardy women or or in the the, um, shops and those kind of things there when they do your hair they'd be like you know when you're older make sure you don't breed no african and i'm just thinking like why the fuck are you telling me this like i'm just for me it's just like this is this is mad this is mental illness i I know that this is mad because my mum and dad do not have these conversations i'm not learning this from you like I'm more likely to hear that from my nan. But the thing is, for me, I've, I, ex- I, and I'm probably, I'm going to touch on this in the grief episode, um, when it comes out. But I, my, all cards on the table, my nan has not been saying <laughs> since I was born. She weren't saying. She weren't. And, uh, you know what Caribbeans are like when they put, um, things in denial. Um, they put a lot of things in denial. They do. Um, so yeah, mental health, what's that? Learning difficulty, what's that? Anxiety, depression, a myth. Even though, though they, you know, they came over on the Windrush to look after white people very well who had mental health problems and make sure that they were okay. Yeah, okay. So they, well, they understand mental health then. Um, they understand when there's a, a change in someone's behaviour that they need to go and refer to the doctor and do what it is they need to do. That's when they understand mental health. But that's just a side um, rant anyway. Um... Mm. It's happening a drink. Um, so yeah, there was that side of things. But, you know, um, all cards on the table, like, I would expect my nan to say something like that. It was shocking to see people in the outside, you just hear it out of nowhere, like nowhere. The colorism, the texturism jump out. And it's like, texturism as well texturism is basically like texturism and featurism texturism is basically just uh, uh, texturism is basically where you just provide or you treat people better based on the texture of their hair 
Featurism is based on when you treat people better on the basis of their features. So it could look like, um, you know, your lips aren't as big. So I'm going to treat you um, better. I'm going to see you as more desirable. I'm going to be more friendly and approachable to you and those kinds of things there. Um, uh, a, a thinner nose, you know, um, depending on how your eyes are shaped, all of those kinds of things there. And it's like when growing up in that time, people are very quick to disassociate themselves from blackness and also disassociate their children away from blackness as well and then we wonder why in the UK like so many black men um, perpetuate colorism because they were taught it from a very young age the, the women that did their hairs like they did mine told them not to go for like hmm like hmm if we really want to get into it those were the things that were happening and those are the conversations that some men well no a lot of men do have privately and when you look at for example um boys who had long hair at one point and cut it off go and ask them the reasons why like do you remember having all that hair and cutting it off why did you do it who told you to go and either hate your hair texture or who fussed over it to the point where it was just like, uh, it's just much more of a headache for me to just go to the barbers and I'm not having a conversation where I'm objectified, fetishized. And like, it telling someone to go and like not breed an African, that is, as a child, that is very mad. You have to understand that is, that is extremely mad. It's extremely dangerous. It's extremely harmful. And it's extremely xenophobic. It's, it's extremely wrong. And if we're going to be very honest, and I'm going to say this as somebody with Caribbean heritage, like when having these colorist conversations as well, I don't actually think that we grasp the anti-African rhetoric that a lot of our elders had and the ways in which we perpetuated that harm onto other people just because they were different and really we should have had their back when really we should have like found commonalities and not distance ourselves from them but then again yes colorism does play a part but also colonialism too because if we're gonna be very honest if we're gonna be very honest there are a lot of caribbean people who are grateful for slavery yeah they will tell you these things they won't say it publicly they won't you go go onto youtube and type in um jamaica the beckford family b e b for bravo um e for echo c for charlie k for kilo f for um foxtrot o for oscar r for romeo and then d for delta beckford family right they will tell you how they were grateful to. that's just an example right <laughs> those are just the jamaicans that will be loud and wrong on camera but those who are loud and wrong in private they will tell you that they are better than africans because the white man gave them christianity gave them civilization they were especially the ones with scottish surnames oh my god oh my god fam 
that's a whole nother dynamic. But like, you see the way that some West Africans have tribes. What I know, I know there are people who are West African that listen to this podcast. But what you need to understand is the same way you lot can differentiate each other. You lot just sounded racist. I'm sorry if it did. Um, but the way that you guys can differentiate people from tribe and know that, okay, cool. Like, yeah, this is somebody who is from um, Gambia. This is somebody who is from Congo. Uh, well, Congo is Central Africa. But even though, well, Congolese people actually did end up in the Caribbean as well. But by the by, um, you can just tell each other, like, you know, this person's Igbo, this person is a Khan, this person is um, a Shanti. You just know the diff. Jamaicans can do the same thing, right? We can do the same thing. And we can also do the same thing down to class as well. So I know, like, there are very few people in the UK from my socioeconomic class and also background as well yeah i can spot them and i can we know we know who to but it's very hard to explain and it's like cool because there's jamaicans that like the you know the kingston jamaicans i don't know you like, i don't know you people I, I like we we share things in common but i don't know you like that I, I, we don't, I don't know you like that. Would you come to my house? Maybe not. No, because, well, Jamaicans don't trust each other, but that's, that's a whole nother thing. Yardies. People tend to look down on Yardies. Um, again, they've got their own rich culture. And when you look at Yardies, they tend to have a lot more in common. And I don't know if this is, there probably needs to be a theory on this um, or, or like um, some sampling. Um, but they, Yardies tend to be a lot like Congolese people. Have you seen Congolese weddings where they just do so freaking much? They're just so extra, like so, so fucking extra and so proud. And they are so flamboyant, so colourful, so out there, like, so like, we just don't care. We're out here, we're doing our thing and this is just us. That's Yardies for you. That's how they are. We can tell because you don't, your features don't look the same. Um, you've just got certain ways about you that is just different. Country Jamaicans, there are different country Jamaicans and they just have different ways about them as well. Some of them are very obnoxious. Some of them are very reserved, very conservative. Unfortunately, um, them are the people that are, you know, I've, I've, I derive from, I derive from country people. and We can tell each other apart. Um, there's one guy that lives next door to me. We were just talking in conversation. I kid you not. You know, when he comes up on my Google doorbell, right? When he walks past my house and he walks um, either, um, he comes upon the camera in the front garden. It, it says me spotted. So he recognizes my face, but it mistakes me for him. That's how bad it is. And I'm just having passing conversation. You know, he's a Jamaican. He's got the accent and everything. He's a country Jamaican. And that's why we get on so well. That's why we have very similar principles. Do you know what I'm saying? So, but but anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, there was there was a lot of anti-African rhetoric um, that people had in Jamaica because in the schools at the time, um, you know, they were pretty much like, look, queen and country, England is your motherland. You, you need to be grateful to white people. Um, all of those kinds of things. And that meant anti-African rhetoric. And there were those of you who were 
second generation um, Windrush immigrants and you knew knew better and didn't teach your children better. And as a result in like what? The late what? I don't know in the last like five ten years maybe is only now we're beginning to get to like see what we have in common when things have always been there and it's 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 colorism and colonialism we've allowed to divide us based on because those people are too dark we must stay away from them no no it's wrong it's wrong and I just I don't I don't know what to tell you other than that's it you're mad um and I just I just want to be honest about that I really do I just I just want to be honest um and and it's my safe space to do that um so when let me get into the crux of things as well when talking about like why I think colorism is different in um outside of London and in Birmingham and the north Bristol as well east um midlands all all of them all of them kind of places there just outside of the m25 where black populations just are very underrepresented in media um we don't colorism is a lot more intense it's a lot more intense because you know how people like i hear people say in in um london i've heard people say new york in atlanta texas um france um like like paris and or like amsterdam and those kind of places they will use the term brown skin but i'm like i understand why you're using it but i don't understand why you're using it because here to us like you were either light-skinned or you weren't that's it like that that is that's how deep that's how bad colorism was here you were either light-skinned or you were not. And if you were not light-skinned, fam, you weren't even seen as a human. You were, <laughs> it, like, people could just say anything to you and talk on your features anyhow. And you see, when I got to college, right? When I got to college, um, I just had enough. I can't lie. I had enough. I had enough of being called Blick. I had enough of being called Blook. I had enough of like all of those things. And again, taking it back to secondary school, people would turn off the lights and ask where you've like, where you've gone. And you're expecting that to be an environment for a child to learn in. There's me right there sweating. I'm literally sweating. I'm actually like sweating. Um, And because I'm sweating so much, it would like, <laughs> there was no sort of deodorant that could work. Then I was being called that I stink. Then I was being called a smelly African. Then people were calling me Somali. Then people were call- like, calling me like, uh, what was it? Immigrants. They're going to get me deported. All of those kind of things. And they, like, you, they did it to the, like, the darkest children in school. And in college... What spun my head into knots was when, like, I saw other dark-skinned people taking part in the same shit. And that's when I just thought, nah, I ain't having this. I ain't having this. So, 
when people was just like, yeah, you know, um, look at it. To be honest, looking back at it, was I like, mm, I don't know. But this is then again, this is me who's been uh, from episode one was calling people Mandingo apes. Me, I'm sorry. I would just be like right back at you. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm this African and you're the one claiming that you're mixed with whatever, whatever, whatever. And your great grand roach is this. But it, for me, I would just say you're mixed with dirt and oil. <laughs> mixed race, you're mixed up in the fucking head. Mixed emotions. You don't know how to feel about, I, I would, I would go, like, I would have vim. I would go in um, on people I really did. And the worst thing as well was when they got people who were not black to jump in as well. And this is just when I became a bully. No, actually, no, no, no. This is when I bullied back. And this is when I just learned to say, you know what? I'm going to tell you something that's just going to hurt your feelings. Like, I remember this guy, um, there was one girl from Sudan and he was an Asian guy. And what he would do, he was just racist. He was racist as fuck. And there was no repercussions whatsoever. Because again, college secondary school was survival for us um he would base what would he say he would be like yeah and the dude you know you know you're like a man right you know that like and the dude was dark the dude was very very dark um and he would just like do them and one i just told him like you know your face is chunky like because acne really ate up his face acne like <laughs> acne did the thing girl acne was eating <laughs> like his face his face had like you know when we're just coming out of winter and the road surface is uneven, there's potholes everywhere. His face was chunky, chunky like cat food. I swear to God. You know that budget cat food when you just take it out the chin, out the tin, sorry, and you plop it in the cat's bowl and you mash it together so the cat can eat it. That was his fucking face. And I used to tell him that all the time and we get into altercations. But you see me, my mouth, that's that. That is when I learned to be wicked. And that is when it, I, I just thought, oh, this feels good. This feels so good. Like now, and it got to the point where you can call me all the things you want to in the world. And this is when people cuss my appearance. Um, we'll get into that later. When people cuss my appearance in certain ways and this journey of self-love that I am on now, there is nothing, there is nothing in this life you can say to me that can make me hate myself more than I was conditioned to ever. So we can just go to town. Like you want to, you want to be colorist? Let's go. Let's go. I will fight. I'm like, fam, I'm an Aquarius. One, our mouths are slick. Um, two, I'm from of Caribbean heritage. Our mouths are wicked. Very fucking wicked. Very wicked. Um, and three, I'm from Birmingham. Like, fam, we're, do you, <laughs> we're rude. Have you not seen Lady Leisha like this, people? We're rude. We have no manners. We will tell you something and it will hurt you. We'll tell you something and you'll feel it in your spirit. So, yeah, I had to challenge or ch channel all of those things um, to defend myself. And that's that's why I am the resilient character that I am today, you know. Um, and... Yeah, so when I'm now at what chapter am I? I'm in my life. Yeah, so I'm in my like um, late teens, you know, 16, 17 onwards. And um, this is when I 
This is when I started to like, you know, see, see my dad's side of the family and whatnot. And um, because again, they're based in London um, and High Wycombe and Slough and all them places there. And I just realized like on that side of the family, the colorism fam, if you think, think of the most racist people, the most racist island in the Caribbean. I promise you, I promise you, it is Trini's. I promise you they are so racist. They are so racist. They are so anti-black. I just thought, let me bring my Nignog self back up here right now. Because my other grandmother, this was an evil woman. This was somebody, even my light-skinned sister. She was like, get that nigga child out of the house. Don't bring your nigga Pitney in here. Those are things that we just had to deal with. Like, But again, she was, she was of South Asian heritage. Um, but migrated to Trinidad. And she was very proud of the, the anti-blackness her parents perpetuated. She's very proud of being anti-black. She's so proud of it. Um, and that's just how they were. And it's like the grandchildren that were around, these were mixed people who, our children were mixed and obsessed with staying mixed. And I'm just like, I, I can't be in that madness because all of you, like, don't get me wrong, like you guys are cool in that, but... Like, you're only together, you're only, your bond is only as strong as it is because you, you either don't have 4C hair, you probably have green eyes, um, your skin isn't that dark, or there's features where you just look like a Trini, you look like a, or they, they call it a Dougla, but Dougla's a, Dougla's a slurb, Dougla basically means mutt, a mongrel, somebody with half a soul, um, it's not what you think it is, it, it really isn't. It, it really, really isn't. And I just find that, you know, the solidarity that people have, um, the access is is mainly rooted in colorism. And that's why, like, when looking at my um, half-siblings on my dad's side, um, they have had more access to that family by virtue of not having 4C hair, by um, being of a fairer skin complexion um, than you know, the children that my dad has with my mom, um, it was just, yeah, it was just one of those ones there, so, that's just it, and by the way, like, also, I've just been thinking as well, like, there are people who hate follow, and, um, I just bad mind, or will be like, oh, this cannot be used against me, I'm not gonna share anything that I am not, um, I am not ready to share or I'm going to feel ashamed of. It's not going to happen. Like, again, like I said, cyberbullying doesn't work with me. I will just mute, ignore, whatever. Like, you're saying way more about yourself than you're saying about me. Um, and, yeah, like, just remember, I'll spit, like, there's no, I will go lower. I'll go a lot lower. I'll go, I will go to Hades. Um, I won't even go to hell. I'm going to purgatory. Like, I, I'm, I'm literally, like, anointing myself in the spirit of Hades to flog you. Like, it will just be what it is. But anyways, um, so yeah, those are just things that I, I realized, um, and I do find that, um, when there is situation in Caribbean families, especially where there is um, mixed heritage. Um, or like multiple different heritage and those kinds of things there. Like people expect and have these hopes for children to 
um, turn out a certain way. And when they don't have those features, um, it's almost as if they're punished for that. But fam, those features came either came from you, they came from the person you chose to procreate with, or they probably came from the grandparents. It's very, it's very weird. So please just do away with all of that, you know? Um, and yeah, one more thing I wanted to speak about as well was like, um, yeah, I, I, I do think it's important to have this conversation because, um, just in being where I'm located, I don't, I don't hear conversations like this. I just don't. And when we do try to have conversations like this, we get shut down and, I'll never forget, I think it was early, yeah, early this year, there was, I think it was AJ Adudu from Manchester, and she did the Google Pixel advert, and she was just like, you know, um, I really hate you taking pictures in low light, you can only see my teeth, and because of the way she spoke, I didn't like, and this is why I... I've I've really just abstained from certain conversations for my own sanity. Because why are you mocking her accent? Why are you doing that? Like I'm I'm like let's just say I'm here in this moment now and I'm just speaking on what I'm speaking on. And someone takes a snippet and was like, ugh, I can't stand his accent. Is that all you can take away from like what I've said? Is that it? Like, oh, okay, my accent is what has sent you lot over the edge. Really? Okay, all right, cool. Um, So there's that, right? And I'm just like, but you're missing the message. And the funny thing is, the people that I saw, the mutuals that I have, and I don't know, I think I'm going to get to a point when, I'm sorry, but when I get to a point where... It doesn't benefit me to interact with some of you anymore. I'm just going to slowly start, like, blocking people. I'm gonna, I've, I've already started. I'm just slowly going to start soft blocking, removing. Because a lot of you are bad vibes. Because how are you going to talk about... And this is why I say I don't like it when these conversations are dominated by um, big city blacks. Because it's like you don't like colorism for yourself. But AJ is making a very specific impact for black people in the North, in the Midlands, in areas where there are not that, where there there aren't that densely populated areas with black people and you want to mock her. Okay. All right. Fine. Do that. Um, But it's like... I don't think you lot under you lot don't understand. Um, you don't understand like how much how important it is for black people to be part of conversations that are across the UK. It's so important because it affects us all differently. When you look at colorism, um, especially in like in Europe, colorism works completely differently in places like France, in places like Belgium, Germany, Austria, Greece, Italy, um, Morocco. It works 
differently in those regions. It worked like very differently. You know, people have hypersexualized violently. Um, and it's very, it's, it's, it, this is what I'm saying. This is why wider conversations need to be had. You can't just center yourselves and mock everybody else around that who needs to do something to make themselves feel better. And this is what I'm realizing. This is why I'm divesting um, from a lot of these like talking points because people are hypocrites day in day out people are just hypocrites people don't have any desire for colorism to end they just want to be exempt from it they just want to be the um token dark-skinned black who who is looking good and who can be deemed as pretty or who can benefit from featurism who can um <sighs> i'm gonna get into that at the end of this podcast i'm gonna get into it at the end because I'm, I'm trying not to go off on nobody. Um, but yeah, I do think it's very important, very, very important for us to have this conversation. And if you can share this with any other black regionals that listen to podcasts, that would be absolutely um, great. I would, I, I, and again, I'm open to hearing what other people have to say. I really am. Um, so yeah, there, there's that. And in terms of um, like what AJ was saying when it comes to like photography, when it comes to existing and why people don't see that many black people who are darker skinned being represented from the Midlands, from the North, right? There's a reason for that. It's because we, we don't have the confidence like that to put ourselves out there. We don't. Even like Gen Z, they don't have it because here it's either you're light skinned or you're not. I need people to understand that. Like brown skin don't mean shit here. It don't it don't mean shit. Yeah, it means that you know you may um you may still like not receive as much violence, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you're going to be oppressed in a way where it's like if you are not light skinned, your features are not palatable. Go away. You are nothing. Do you know what I'm saying? You still, you still get that. And then people, you know, have the audacity to wonder why a lot of our celebs are either mixed race or light-skinned. And it always tends to be people who are not from these areas. But I'm like, if you actually cared, and I'm going to get into it because, like, I know... Um, there's like Mahalia, there's Georgia Smith, there's who else? Um, there's a whole heap of light-skinned people, right? Mahalia, she's not problematic. I don't think she's problematic. Georgia Smith, she used to be, apparently, well, apparently she used to bully people back in the day. That's what, that's what they were saying on Twitter. Um, and she used to be a colorist, which wouldn't surprise me. Um, but, like, the thing is, when it comes to colorism and those girls there or people that are mixed race that have come out of Brum and they take up all of the black representation for the Midlands. I'm going to be so honest with you. I don't care. And I don't care that colorism is working in their favor. And I'm going to say why I'm going to say why, because there are dark skinned black women that could outsing Georgia. 
like <laughs> no there there are like there is talent I mean Janelle Antonisha is right there Akels is right there Call Me Unique is right there in terms of rappers you've got Tremendous right there um those are just the ones that I know from 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 my city right that I know of there are so there was so 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 many people who have tried and tried and tried so hard and when they do try it's like Ugh, but they're from Birmingham and these are by the same people who claim so not claim sorry complain all day about colorism so it's like Again, I, I I take it back to trickle-down equality because you see colorism is happening. You don't want it to happen to you. You don't want it to happen to the people that are around you in your little M25 bubble, but you, you're happy for it to happen to others. You're happy to ignore and dismiss others. It doesn't make any sense. And I think... We have to get to the point now where it's just like we we start centering our own voices and it's like people can call me wrong, people can call me names, people can call me all the things they want to call me. This is our reality, this is our lived experience and what I am longing for is we get a lot more black people who... I don't even say credentials is a thing. I would just say black people with a a level of self-awareness and who can have these intellectual conversations that are around us in this proximity. That is what I would like. That's what I want to see. And that that is just the way forward. And unfortunately, I I don't know what we're going to have to do to push it in that direction, but something's got to give, you know? Um, And... Yeah, like, that's that's just what I, you know, when it comes to colorism um, in parts of the UK, like, and people wonder why they move up north and it's like, oh my God, I feel so out of place here. You have to understand there have been years, decades of anti-blackness, decades of abuse that has just not been spoken about. It's not talked about. There's no space or forum to heal from it and it's like if we don't if if we don't come forward and like just be vulnerable I don't see what I don't think anything's gonna change I just don't I really don't and I don't expect people to relate to this I expect some people to and again like um this this isn't just like um you know a one time thing. I'm we're gonna revisit this. This is this is just let's talk about colorism volume one. You know, email in for what we you know what we want to talk about volume two, whatever the fuck is underrepresented, and let's talk about it. That's what I want to do. I don't let's not talk about the whole dating. Oh you oh, this person doesn't want me because I'm too dark. Oh, no there's more to colorism than that. There's so much more to it than that. So, so, so much more. Like, even, like, well, when I say dating, I mean heterosexual dating. I'm not interested. I'm so, like, I'm so sorry. I am not interested in heterosexual. I, 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 no, I'm so sorry. No, I can't lose brain cells over that. I really can't. I really, really can't. Um, 
so yeah there is there is that element of things so yeah let's see what we can do for that but moving on I want to talk about how um, colorism affects queer people. And, you know, I've mentioned previously before when it comes to queerness, like, and blackness in general, like our gender identity, sexuality and gender expression is always going to be policed. It's always going to be questioned. It's always going to be challenged because on the basis of we were never, when you look at colonialism, um, as a whole, right? We were never meant to. We were never meant to have a gender. We weren't meant to. We 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 were cattle. You know, when you think about cattle, what is a cattle's purpose? What's the purpose of chickens? The ro- rooster is just there to breed. The hens are just to lay eggs and eventually be cold and become poultry to eat. That that's what it is. Cows use them for milk, beef. Um, the bulls they breed and that's it that's basically that's that's how cattle works um when you look at um the type of cattle that we were we were a work we were disposable bodies for labor that's what it was disposable bodies that could do work that could fight wars that could um be exploited um you know abused all of those kinds of things and it's you're basically property so why why would you have a gender that doesn't make any sense why why would property have a gender why would why would something that is meant to reproduce have a sexuality how like you're defective something is wrong with you right so gender and sexuality under colonialism has never actually been afforded to black queer people it just hasn't it hasn't (laughs) it won't um unless we recognize that and change it and that's why within queer dynamics and um film and television and media and all of those kinds of things we don't um we don't have much oh we don't have much range there's not much versatility we're all a monolith you know what's expected of us is predictable based on the gender that we're assigned at birth right and when you lean into the colorism aspect of things now um it's almost as if it's more of a rebellion that you are defying the gender binary and what's expected um (laughs) what's expected of you not just within the queer collective because that's a whole nother story but also just the world in general. And that's why I genuinely believe um, the same way misogynoir exists, the same way that there is a hatred towards like black women and the hatred increases as they get darker. It's the same thing for queer people. It really is. It really, really, really is. Um, you know, um, when you look at a lot of black femmes, a lot of black um, trans women, black trans femmes, non-binaries, gay men who lean into their feminine side, they actually got, they go through a lot, you know, they do, they really do, they, they, they have it hard, they really do, because it's like, they are everything society tells them not to be, and, It's like, 
they are just there contributing so much, doing so much, being so much, and then the world is just there to tear you down. The world is just there to tell you that you are not deserving of love. And, you know, you, you must be sexualized. And if you, um, if you are deserving of love or intimacy, here are the ways in which your body must be violated in order for you to be in receipt of that. Even if it means your death, look at what is happening to black trans women. Look at what is happening to the gay girlies. Look what's happening to them. Look what's look at what's happening to black lesbians. No one's talk. Well, we're not talking about the domestic violence levels. We're not talking about the sexual, the the racially motivated sexual harassment and abuse. Those things are not being talked about. It's not. And then we want um, you know, the the denial to support and services because you're expected to be just be okay. You're expected you'll be fine you know, it doesn't just extend, obviously it extends to all queer people, but I'm saying there is a very specific hatred that is had towards them because it's like people associate, um, people associate darker skin with masculinity. We know this already. And as messed up as it is, it's 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 not going to end until there's a collective effort to actually end it. And by that, I mean... Black men have to us us masculine black men. Um, I'm not gonna say I'm 100 masculine, but I, I I like I'm more mass presenting, right? And I get that. But there needs to be more mass presenting men who need to dismantle colorism. But the thing is, they think that it benefits them, and it doesn't, because people are hypersexualizing you from a very 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 young age. If you really want to talk about it you know, adultification, those kinds of things there, and people see sex as this gateway into manhood, and something that they're automatically entitled to, no, it's very violent, and you're being conditioned into violence by virtue of having darker skin, and when you get into Europe, right, colorism works very differently, like, uh, the way in which, like, in Belgium, in, um, certain like those parts of them cold parts of europe they want darker skin <laughs> i remember some of the only fans girlies they were crying because they um they were either mixed race or light-skinned and white <laughs> white men were basically gatekeeping the word big black cock from them and i was just like this is hilarious so you lot basically over there like you lot aren't meeting the dark skin criteria. So their their fetishization is very um, mad over there, but you just want to take part in it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> good luck. I don't know for you in it. Germany, very bad. Like the darker you are, the more uh, like desired you are, but it's not desire. It's, it's not, it's not, it's, it, it's it's beast you, you, it's bestiality it's borderline bestiality i'm just going to call it what it is it is because you're not even seen as a human these people will not have a relationship with you they won't be your friends won't uh, they don't care about how you're feeling you try and do something other than be a piece of dick 
not interested. Tell them you want a bottom. They'll run a mile. They'll, they'll, they'll run you out of town. You know? Um, yeah. It's, it's very mad. It's very, very mad. Um, I also think as well, like, in terms of, like, the queer things, well, I've noticed in being darker skinned and queer, I noticed that we have to take things away from it. We the conversation is more expansive than just sex and dating. It's a lot more. I've spoken about it so many times, yeah. Um, but it also plays a part in how likely you are to be believed over a lighter skinned person. And by that, I mean I'm talking about abuse and harassment, sexual assault, dating. Um, when you look at the ways in which people behave, right? I've always noticed when when there's always a spat, whenever there's an argument, the darker skinned person is always the aggressor, right? And they're always the one who has to calm down. And there's times like you see me, I've had a run in I've had run ins with people before. And I thought, you see when I have run-ins with light-skinned queer people, oh my God. And you see when they're wrong as well. Because you see me, like, I've clocked the game. I have clocked the game. I'll just be patient. I will just be like, yep, I'm going to let you talk everything you've got to go and say. And what we're going to do, because I know you're lying, I'm going to dog walk you through everything you've said step by step and I'm going to basically trip you up on your lies. And the thing is, it's like, I am there being calm, but whatever this light per- light-skinned person is screaming, they're just being listened to. And I'm just like, okay, cool. And I'll never forget this time, there was one light-skinned man who just told a whole heap of lies on me. And it was proven false. But um, people wanted me to go and correct it immediately. And I was just like, I'm going to correct it when I have the space to correct it, I'm going to correct it when there are nine people shouting at me. I'm going to correct it um, on my own accord. I'm going to correct it when I gather everything together. People like, Sid, how can you be so calm about it? Girl, like I, like I just said previously, I've been getting gaslit, accused of things I ain't done, um, said things that have been true and been told it ain't true since I was like frigging... I could fucking remember, yeah? So, I'm, I'm true to this, not new to this. Um, so, yeah, I'll do that on my own accord. And it's like, wait, what? Like, how, how can you cope with this? I'm like, quite easily. Because I just know how the game runs. Like, that's what it is. Um, even when, like, I've spoken up about various things, like... I'm trying to tell people, here's how people should practice things like sexual safety. Did you know lubricant and those kind of things there can be spiked? And people have turned around and said, like, oh my God, I didn't know this, didn't know this, oh my God, blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, that's great. Um, People have taken content from this very podcast that probably gets about, like, per episode, I want to say between 80 to 200 listens. An average between it could be, be anyway. Sometimes it could be eighty, the lowest, maximum two hundred, right? Um, all of those things there, but it's like I say something, I get ignored. Someone else says something who passes the brown paper bag test, and 
everybody's engaging with it. And that's why I said I've even had things stolen, stolen from this podcast, like, and yeah, people will just steal my things um, and run with it and get, and, and take the credit. You know, they refuse to credit me. But if I kick off about it, if I say anything, I'm bitter, I'm aggressive, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the one who's in the wrong, I'm the one who um, needs to develop my online character, I'm the one who has to watch my tone and my delivery and this and that. And So what you're saying to me is you want to harm me, um, you want to silence me, you want to disrespect me, you want to steal from me. And I need to hold you with care in the way that I deliver that you've done that to me. Now, bearing in mind, I'm not going to F and blind at people. But the thing is, people, like, when they see somebody who is darker skinned and queer, they automatically need them to be the villain. And when you think about villains, right, here's... I, need pe- I really need people to think about this. I really... I'm really going to blow people's minds today. Right. Think back to Disney movies. And I want I'm speaking more, you know, to my millennials and my Gen Z. If you think back to Disney movies and you think of the villains. Right. Especially when these villains were. Actually, no, their their gender doesn't matter. Because if you look at Ursula, Ursula in Little Mermaid, fam, she's giving cunts. She's 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 very opulent she's very queer she's very like do you know what i'm saying but her features are very dark if you look at hercules like i said when i go to hades hades the cartoon hades right again very dark features dark background darker skin camp is he not you go to the lion king why is Scar, why does Scar have black hair? Why does Scar have darker features? Why is Scar camp? Hmm? Um, we could do the same thing for Power Rangers. We could do the same thing for Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z, you got Freezer. Freezer is a villain. Freezer is fucking camp. Freezer is camp as fuck. Um... Okay, maybe not Pokemon. No, Pokemon um, with Team Rocket. Like, okay, they are camp. But I wouldn't say the lighter skin features are there. No, but but there is a long history of um, children's cartoons where villains who portray, like, who are predominantly men, um, women as well, but they tend to be quite camp. They're... Their aura is quite queer, right? And that's why for me, when people are like, oh my God, Disney is so pro-LGBT. Nah, you need to apologise for that previous homophobic shit you did before, bitch. You need to apologise for that. And also, you support Palestine. So, sorry, not support, you support Israel and you you support the, geno- the genocide of Palestinians. So it's fuck you. Um, Disney does not support Palestine. Let me just make that clear. Disney does not support Palestine. They support the genocide of Palestinians. So fuck them. Um, who else? What other examples can I give? But I'm, I'm talking about like the old school shit. You know what I'm saying? Cruella, camp. Cruella's camp as fuck. She got dark features. 
Um, oh my god, who else? The Rescuers, Camp, Dark Features. So many of them, all of the all of the Disney, when you look at a lot of the Disney villains, and I'm talking to you 90s kids, I'm talking to you millennials, you um you late Gen Zers, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So when there's a I think there's something in people's subconscious where it's like, okay, darker skin, queer, camp, or or just anything about you that doesn't seem cis hair. Okay, cool. I, I, I'm already on edge. So it's like now what we're seeing, the way that that is being compensated, the way when you see black queer men in film, um, they can't be masculine. And I'm not saying that we need to, we need them to all be masculine. I'm just saying that it's, it's, they, if they are masculine, it's, it's only to fuck a white man and done. Um, and if they are femme, then that character can't overshadow anybody else. And I think that's wrong. I think it's very wrong. I, I, I do. I really do. Or that um, when you look at, like, for example, P-Valley, which was the closest thing we had to something normal and functioning. But what's he got to go and do? Find a man, Lil Murder, who's in fucking crisis. Bullshit. Bullshit. But Lil Murder never went to go and give crisis to that light-skinned man, did he? Okay. Okay. And this is the thing. That was his lover. And rather than go and actually go and live the life he wanted to go and live with his lover, he would rather his lover go and blow his brains out because he wanted to go and give... um, give crisis to the darker-skinned black femme. Because he wanted a darker skinned black femme to go and do labour. And as soon as his, as his light skinned lover dead, where did he go? To go and provide, you know, to go and um, um, force somebody with labour. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I don't miss. Mm. <sighs> that drink is nice. I don't miss. So, I do think... Um, you know, it manifests very differently. And in terms of abuse as well, um, abuse in queer relationships, don't expect to be believed. Do not do that shit. If you are dating a lighter-skinned person, you're dating a white man. <laughs> hey, um, be mindful. Be very mindful because I've seen some situations where it's like, yeah, um, this is this is how colorism can be weaponized against you. Um, you will find yourself in some dynamics where it's like, okay, cool, you're going to be painted as the aggressor. And people, there are people who um, seek out partners based on their characteristics because they know that they can get away with abusing them. They know, and also abuse them to the point where they will not be seen as the abuser just because of the way that they present, right? That's just, um, that's just my opinion. But, Back to um, men with no desire for colorism to end, right? Because I'm just going through this um, bit by bit. And yes, I think, I don't think men have a desire for colorism to end. I don't, I don't think they do. And even the ones who um, say they want colorism to end, and I've seen them like, you know, um, some of them I know um, as mutuals. And 
yeah, some of you do back your chat. Some of you do. Some of you don't, though. Um, that's why we, I, I no longer follow them. <laughs> um, and hmm, I've noticed that it's like you men when it comes to colorism it's very there's a loyalty that men have to masculinity there is there's a loyalty that men have to masculinity and if you look at darker skin being associated with masculinity and if masculinity is used to dominate other men and instill fear into other men then why the hell would they dismantle that? That doesn't make any type of sense. They, they, it's better you just keep it there where it is, right? Right? So that's exactly what happens. So uh, men don't care about dismantling it because that means that they would lose some sort of this false sense of security, this false sense of um, sexual access, right? Because it's like, okay, cool, well... You know, I'm dark-skinned and there's people that are drooling over me because I'm black. And they want the black pipe and all those kinds of things there. And therefore, for me to be able to bust my net whenever I want. And I don't care about the attachments to that. I don't care about the dangers to that. Right? It means that that, in some way, that is a benefit to me. But it isn't. It really isn't. And... When um, I was looking at what some of the gay femmes were saying in terms of like this, oh God, and this, this, oh God. This was like when I got into it with some people from from America and I was talking about the ways in which um, white gay men know that they can um, use their femininity uh, or, or white gay men that are feminine know that they can use and weaponize femininity because it's something that they can access in ways that darker-skinned um, gay femmes cannot, right? And they know that their gateway, that, that what they can do is, is like, ease darker-skinned DL men with a false sense of masculinity into um, sex and into their beds. And also, when you look at that kind of culture as a whole... It's like just a game of leverage because half the time these men really want to trap you. Um, they want to threaten to expose you. They want you to do. It's it's a it's a very dangerous game. And the thing is, it's like you can't call them the abuser. You cannot call these men the abuser because, like, huh? That dainty, skinny, white, femme man who's wearing makeup like abused you? Impossible. And that is why I'm saying these men. Um, sorry, that's why I'm saying colorism, the hypermasculinity and adultification attached to it, it does not have the benefits you think it does because you are not a human, you're an object. And the sooner you realize that, the better. Okay. Um, now I want to get into the term brown skin that did touch on it recently. Um, brown skin i don't i i rebuke the term i don't like it i don't because i don't it's it has potential but it's not consistent and i'm gonna say why 
Because there's people who use the term brown skin to further their own agendas when they don't like somebody who's darker skinned and they want to invalidate how they feel. I've noticed that a lot. There's one guy, he's, love him to bits, but he's fucking annoying sometimes, right? You're very annoying. If you're listening to this, you know who you are and you're very annoying. But still, got love for you though, but you're very annoying. Um, He does this thing where it's like, I would say he's probably one or two shades darker than me, but he'll be like, uh, no, Sid, you're, you're, you're brown skin though. Don't, I've never heard that in my fucking life. Do not call me brown skin because we'll fall out today. We will fall out today. We'll fall out today. He's from New York, but we'll fall out today. Don't call me brown skin. Don't do it. Don't, because I've not been socialized as brown skin. Um, where I'm from is it's what what we need to do right and the reason why i think brown skin is it's not as progressive as people think the reason why i say that is because when you look at metrics for light skin it's gonna be different wherever you go now there's one lady i know right she's nigerian and she's Igbo, and to her peers and people that are like her kin and all the kind of things, they will say that she's light-skinned. I would not call this a light-skinned woman. I personally wouldn't. The way that I have been socialised, right? The way that in my specific geographical location, if she was to come here to Birmingham right now and leave London, she would not be seen as a light-skinned woman. She would not have the privileges of a light-skinned woman. Okay, so I need people to understand that. Would she be classed as brown skin? Because when you look at brown skin, what I associate that with is when Jamaicans shout out browning. Now, to some people, they were to go and say browning or a brown skin person. There are people who would deem them light skinned. And that's why I'm saying like it's a very slippery slope because... You have people, let's say, for example, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan, he will be classed as dark-skinned. And I know there's people that will disagree with that, and that's fine. Meg Thee Stallion, I would call her dark-skinned. JT, I would call her dark-skinned. Who else, who else, who else, who else? I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Like, ugh. But you catch my drift, right? You catch my drift. Um... There are like from they will just be called dark skin, but there are people who would call them brown skin. So if even when you look at makeup palettes, you have makeup palettes for dark skin, and there's people who have a dark skin makeup palette who are being still called brown skin, which doesn't make sense. Then you've got people who will be of a medium tone being called light. So I, I, it, it to me, mm, mm, We've not really had the conversations and we've not really put away the tribalism because I'm going to be so honest. There are people who are very nasty, very bad mind and like to use that to, as a get, as a dig, as a way to throw people who experience colorism under the bus who are still, because they don't like them. And it's like, it's like we're in, we're now in a world and I'm sorry, like, as the Brits will understand this, I can't be racist to you. 
I can't say I don't like you, nig nig niggy, niggy, nig 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 nog. I can't say that. But I'm gonna make it about something else and invalidate the way that you've experienced racism because I don't like you because you're black. But it's like I don't like you, but I'm going to use all of these talking points and use the term. Well, actually, no, you shut your mouth, and I'm and I've actually like. There's one person I fell out with um, when I used to be on Clubhouse back in lockdown. And she was like, no, shut up. I'm darker than all of you and I'm fatter. I was like, girl, shut the fuck up. If you don't shut the fuck I don't care. How about that? I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Like, the people here, we don't give a fuck. You could be as dark as you want. You can be as fat as you want. We don't care. You're not going to do that to undermine somebody's talking point or somebody's stance or somebody's experience when they are talking about colorism it doesn't fucking concern you and like obviously i didn't word it to her in that kind of way it was something that we had like a polite it started off polite it started off civil she went went into budget it she just went undoing the whole uh you don't do that like and that's something that she picked up from them Americans because them Americans, <coughs> no offense to all of you, no offense to all of you, but there were some of you that just say some things where it's just like, yeah, you can't speak on this because like, or I'm more qualified to speak on this because and, and some of you are just fucking wrong. Some of you are wrong. Like, because you're black, you're still wrong on certain things when it comes to blackness. You're wrong. Very wrong. There are some people who are like, well, I'm non-binary and I'm trans and whatever. And therefore, nobody can tell me what it is when it comes to queer um, oppression. And, da, 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 da. and I'm like, but you're wrong. You're actually supporting white supremacy. You're wrong. And there's fact, like, I actually have facts to back it up. And it's like, they don't want to hear it. And that's what she was doing. So she was doing all that higgy hagger. She was doing all the trickle down um, equality. And I, I was like, girl, all the best, innit? And she carried, she, like, she started doing a Hollywood. This was someone who links knife crime to fat phobia. Like, those of you who know who I'm talking about, you'll know who I'm talking about. My girl linked knife crime to fat phobia. <laughs> I can't deal with them mad people. I just can't. But. What I'm saying is, the moral of the story is, right, is that do not, like, there are people who will use the term brown-skinned to say it to somebody who they know still experiences colorism, but it's like, you've said this and, and what? You've said this and are you trying to put them in the same category as a light-skinned person? Is that what we're trying to do? Is that... Is that the lengths you're going through to undermine their experience? Okay, go for it. Whatever. But me, brown skin, I just... I just think it's a very... um, I just think there's no consensus. There's no general consensus for us to be throwing that word around. And no, I don't want to use Rihanna's Fenty um, beauty palette makeup um scale shade thing whatever it is as a metric because she married a colorist so i don't care 
Um, so there's that. Now, hmm, mm, I want to do a talk on this one. What's to do with? Okay, I'm gonna talk on this bit, but it was to do with interracial relationships. But I think I'm probably gonna save this for part two because I've been going on for a while and there's so much to unpack in this, but. With, inter- with with this one, I, I mainly want to talk about, like, because some people have gotten onto me for my um my points on people of mixed race. And I just want to say this. If you have one black parent, right, you still have black heritage. You still are a person who has black origin. You will still face forms of anti-blackness. Are you a monoracially black person? No. Are you, like, part of the black community in a way? Yes, because you have black origin. Do you live a whole black experience? No. And there are positives and there's negatives to that, right? Because, you know, you you are part of another culture. Nothing wrong with being a part of another culture. But what people need to understand is, and, and, and need to understand this very quickly, because when people were disassociating themselves from blackness for their own benefit, for their own protection, for their own, um, you know, peace of mind because of the same colorism that they were taking part in, there wasn't an issue. Now, when you have people who are saying, well, actually, I'm now black, you have to understand the harm that causes to more people who have two black parents, right? Or, as I would say, probably three black grandparents or or, or, or a peer or, or two black parents, two parents with black origin. You don't, you don't experience things the same. You just don't. You will face anti-blackness 100%. Absolutely. But statistically speaking, now that, people of mixed heritage are able to self-identify, there are ways in which you are affected in things way worse than black people for different reasons. Exclusion rates for um, boys of mixed heritage who are um, black, white, um, sorry, black Caribbean and white is very high. It's it's higher than black Caribbean boys. Um, Being sectioned, higher. Um, abuse for women, most like the most most likely to be abused demographic, right, is mixed race women with a black Caribbean parent and a white British parent. There are reasons behind that, and colorism is at play. Fetishization of their proximity, which is away from blackness and their palatable features, plays a massive part in it because behind all of that, what people are socialized and conditioned to want to like, or what people are conditioned to prefer, especially these black men, they're abusing. And it would be very interesting to know why, right? Very interesting to know why. And also, when colorism is at play here, and when you have parents who um, choose to um, 
form interracial relationships purely out of self-hatred because that is a thing. And I'm not saying this is all relationships because there are people who just fall in love. But at the same time, there are people who deliberately be like, yep, I hate black. There are, there are men online that do this all the time. They will, they will be on TikTok. They will be on um, Instagram. They've been doing it since Facebook. They've been doing it since MySpace. They've been doing it since, since um, you could buy a camera from a supermarket. They've been getting on there and saying this, my white queen here is better than any black woman. They've been doing that, right? And if you're with somebody purely out of self-hatred and those children turn out in a way that you don't like, they're in trouble. They're actually in trouble. It's it's very scary to me. They're actually in trouble. Um, and we don't often talk enough about the hierarchy um, among mixed race people um based on their features if they have a wide nose you know they're treated horribly they come out with 4c hair um if they come out with darker skin if they have dark brown eyes those kinds of like fam you've just been birthed You've been born and you've been brought into this world with the features that you've inherited from a parent. And it's like some people, and people got onto me for this, right? Because I was like, there are a lot of you that don't see yourself loving a black child and you instill this into your children and it, it's fucked. And I remember this guy on the sh um, on the timeline, he's dark skin and he was next to his son and he was like, ugly dad, but pretty son. And people were just like, but you're not ugly. Why do you think you're ugly? And why do you, like, why, why would you call yourself ugly? And the guy is really dark skinned. And his, his um, son is that colour. And it's like, I haven't, um, actually, let me not talk no one's business. But there's people that I know who have been very dark skinned and have been taught to hate themselves and hate themselves. And there's people who, they hate themselves in such a bitter and cantankerous way where it's just it's spewed everywhere you go. And it's like, when you are, when you're birthing children out of like fetishization, when you're procreating and having children out of fetishization and self-hatred, it's a recipe for disaster. It really is. And that's what colorism is doing to people. It is. And I remember when um, there was the colorist page and all the black men were um, posting and saying, here's my white partner. And here's why I would never date you blacks. And here was da, 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 da. But, okay. Fine. That's okay. And I remember this was on Clubhouse as well. And they would say, here's, um, you know, why I don't date you black women. And here's why I'm with my white woman. And da, 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 da. Okay. Um, what's your favorite color? Can't tell you. What do you like about her? They can't tell you. What do you like about him? They can't tell you. What what's what what makes you happy? Like what, what what do you love? What makes you know you're in love? They can't tell you. So you're with somebody out of hatred. And what I need a lot of like darker skinned people to realize, and this is just the position that I'm at in my life. I'm gonna be so honest with all of you. Um, you see if I come across a colorist, that's okay. 
if you don't want, that is okay. I've had people say they don't want me for whatever reason. Like, I don't care. People have said, you know what? I don't like you because the sky is blue. That's okay. What people need to stop doing, and the reason why I say these dating conversations around colorism is very reductive, is because people, especially men, right? It's not the flex you think it is. Because people will... Um, yeah, they will. Sorry, just something just distracted me. Um, it's not the it's not the flex you think it is to be wanted by people that don't want you. It's not right, and they're not for you because, especially if you're someone who dates men, this is why you need to be careful because men will fuck people that they hate. Men will seek sexual gratification from people that they don't like. That they will tell you online, I hate, I don't like. Right? Um, how many examples do you want? Okay, cool. Trans women, black trans women specifically. When you look at the men who are killing them, it was also found that they somehow were having sexual relations. Were they not? Are these men transphobic? Yes, absolutely. So they hate trans women, right? Um, you look at times of war. You look at what's happening in Palestine right now. Israelis swear up and down. They they want these. They want Palestinians dead. They want every last one of them dead. They want them gone, right? Are they not raping them? Is <laughs> in times of war where, especially when it's down to um, civil wars and ethnicity is involved, tribalism is involved all around the world, are women not kept captive and are they not raped? Are they not? Okay. Um, single mothers, who hate single mothers, like, how are single mothers created again? Okay, but everybody hates them. Every single man hates a single mother, right? Um... <laughs> Oh my God, all these dark skin, bitter baby moms and who is making them? And what color are the children coming out? Are they dark skin? Are they not? So all of these colorist men, right, will be very happy to use your body in ways and discard you. Let me give you more examples, right? You had that, um, what's his name again? I mentioned him last week, that Hungarian um where is he from joseph shay or whatever his shadow whatever his name is right again home he hates gay men homophobic as fuck were you not crawling through a sewer because you're attending a 50 dick orgy that's what they was doing you've got um who else who else who else um hey the best one Oh my God, the best one is these black men who will swear up and down they hate white supremacy. They hate racism. They hate white people, but your in-laws are white. So you fucked your way into a proximity of people that you hate. People will fuck their ways into those that they hate. They will do it all the time. Do you not know the amount of times where men have hit me up and it's like, like, these white men just feel so entitled to my body. I'm just like, yeah, um, 
you know, politely declined, oh, you nigger, you wog, you this, you that, and da da da, like, you, you monkey, you ape. Or it starts, like, coming back on, like, how many different burners to send me abuse. Like, so you hate me, but you wanted to fuck me. And this is what I'm saying men will fuck people they hate. They will seek sexual gratification. Sorry, they will seek sexual gratification from people they hate. And the reason why I say sexual gratification is because it's not always going to be consensual. Unfortunately, it's not. So yeah, there's the, the baby moms, the the women of different ethnicities, fam, even even people were enslaved. They hated black people. They hated them, and still still use their bodies for their own sexual gratification right so chasing after people who hate you is not it like it's just not it's really really not like rise above it find someone who does um surround yourself with people who 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 love you and who won't treat you differently and and i know that people will say things like a lot of men who are colorists they will say things like well no it's just my preference and it's just a dating preference no because we already know that things like pretty privilege exist and where men will go out of their ways people will go out no not just men actually no it's not just men um it's women as well um they will go out of their way to be more, um, like, to believe that somebody is more deserving of humanity based on their attraction. And, and it's also based on that attraction that they, they see in them or that they just, it's, that's just how it is, right? If it's someone that they are repulsed by, it's like, okay, cool. I'm not going to defend you. I'm just going to be on mute. I'm just going to be silent. Um, we see it all the time. We've seen people, we've seen it when people talk about fat phobia, how they're disrespected, how they're not protected, how they're ignored, how they're spoken over, all of those kinds of things there. And it's like, these people, like people think that colorism isn't something that they have to unlearn. It really is. And if they don't want to unlearn it, if they want to make excuses, stay away from them. Don't be around them. Um... And to all you, God, to, God, to some of my like light skinned and um, white people out there, right? There's some of you that I do, I do fuck with heavy, yeah, because they just get it. They they just get it. The one thing I would say is this: if you know that somebody is a colorist, right? And these men have preferences where it's like, yeah, I don't date other blacks. You fucking them is enabling them. I hate to break it to you. It is. The same way that I have smoke for men that will fetishize black men and the black men that go there to fuck them and give them whatever they want and be like, yeah, it's fine. I have a BBC and blah, blah, blah. You're enabling them. You as a black man, you're enabling racism. And it it works this like if you as a light-skinned person will go and fuck a colorist, and then you they they realize that hold on a second, this man was a colorist. He hates black people, he won't bond with the children, he won't do this, he won't do that. 
Think about it. Think. Ding, 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 ding. So it's not just about preference, was it? And this is why people need to think about what they enable. Seriously. Um, oh, God, we've been talking for almost two hours. Well, sorry, over two hours. So um, there's that part. So now I want to talk about... Um, oh, God. Reverse colorism. <laughs> I know, right? Reverse colorism, I'm sorry, it doesn't exist. Like, there is not oppression against light-skinned people, systemically, anyways. No, there isn't. However, and I'm going to need some people to sit with me and listen. Like, really sit with me on this, because I need you to understand where I'm coming from. And I need you to understand and make this observation with me. Or just write it down and approach it with an open mind. If you can't do it, just stop listening here and fuck off. Um, see you next week. Right. So, think of a sickness. The sickness itself is colorism. Yeah? Are you following me? So you go, doctor, doctor. Hey, um, I'm not well. What's the problem? You know, yeah, um, I break out in a rash and I, um, every time I see darker skinned people, I just want to say, nig nog, niggy, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, what, what's wrong with me? Like what's happening? I'm getting stomach cramps. Like oh, I've got indigestion. I've got irritable bowel syndrome. My toenails are going fungus and they look like humbugs now. What's going on? Oh, the doctor's like, okay, cool. Um, I need to prescribe you with, um, you know, don't be a cunt. It's like this um, brilliant medicine and it will cure you of the sickness called colorism. But you need to take two pills a day and, um, you know, you should take it two pills a day for six months. Um, first thing in the morning with breakfast, last thing um, would be your dinner and then go to your fucking bed, yeah? Now... Notice you've got the colorism, which is the sickness. You've got the symptoms. The symptoms of colorism is, you know, perpetuating colorism. You've got the way in which colorism needs to be treated, which is unlearning it, um, not enabling it, all of those kinds of things there, yeah? Okay, cool. Now, what I need people to think about with this sickness if you take too much of that tablet to remedy the sickness, right? What do you think happens? And I just, I mean that in any type of sickness, in any type of setting. If ever you take too much, what do you think happens? Right? So, if you're taking too much of the, um, the medicine, too much of the remedy... Things are just going to go wrong. And I'm going to give you examples of where I think things go wrong, right? It's where... God, I can't believe I'm saying this. But I, I, I see it and I do. And it's like... Okay, cool. But this person hasn't even done anything and you're just moving mad. And I know that it's not... I know that it's not co like reverse colorism. It's not that. But it's... It's, and I don't want to use the word bitterness because I know that's a colorist microaggression. I don't like using that at all. 
but you're doing too fucking much, okay? You're just doing too much. So let me give you the examples. Okay, cool. You see a light-skinned person. They've not done anything to you. They've not done anything. They haven't troubled you. We're literally just talking about the weather and all of a sudden, you feel the need to like, really dislike them and openly dislike them and say all of the things that you want to say to them that, I don't know, maybe a previous light-skinned person pissed you off, but you're taking out on them. I see that a lot. And it's like, you have some light-skinned people who are just like, do you know what? I, I get it. You know, it is what it is. Let me just move on. But it's like some of you just want the fight. You want the tussle. And then then you want to you wanna be given. So, yeah. You want to be given as good as you gave out. Yeah. And then now you want to cry the victim and say it's colorism. And I've seen that so many frigging times. So many fucking times. Especially with the queers, especially with the girls as well. I'm so sorry, but you lot do that shit. You do. And I want no, like, I just don't want no parts of it because it's fuckery. It is fuckery. Are there people who deserve a flogging? Absolutely. Are there light-skinned people who are colorist and deserve to be, like, met with the same energy, do what you want? Fam, go get your reparations, do it. I'm not going to stand in your way. But stop it. Like, if, if someone ain't done you nothing, like, just stop, stop hoping that somebody fucks up and, 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 or giving a, re like, because you, you want confidence, like, don't do that, don't, like, there's no, there's no need, there's really no need, and I'm not, like, how, how does your day become, like, what have you solved doing that, nothing, nothing, right, there's just that, do we call out colorism whenever we see it, yes, absolutely, does that mean that you need to go and apply, do too fucking much and just start like going off on one individual who you don't know who has done you nothing? No, no. There's that, okay? The other bit is where, again, you have somebody moving like an XL bully. Rough, 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 rough. Like what happened um, when... I was talking about like colorism and gender. And fam, this Twitter account went mad at like, I, I went downstairs to get myself a glass of water and I must have used the word again, transvestite. And I was just like, but that's a recognized term here. Like I get, if you're saying it's offensive, like tell me more because like again, this is the term that's here. This is what it means. This is how people want to identify with it. It's uh, We're told that you don't use that word against trans women because that is transphobic, because a transvestite is a man who identifies as a man and wears women's clothing. And that's why it's transphobic if you're using it against a trans woman because a trans woman is a woman who identifies as a woman. So don't go in call somebody who is a trans woman a man in woman's like don't they're just not the same thing but it's not the same like a trans women go through a transition men who were assigned male at birth don't they're just putting on that no just don't do that i mean i'm having this this you know ah uh, y'all um uk folk for real for real y'all fags and and i'm just like huh so, okay, cool. Like, 
I I tussle back and I'm like, nah, for real, for real. You man need to understand that people talk differently throughout wherever we talk, innit? Like, what? I've come here to say, like, whatever it is. And rather than just come here and, like, disagree or ask the question or even attack the point, you're trying to undermine the whole, like, thread of what I've done by that one word I've said. Now, you're the fucking dickhead. You're the fucking fool. And you're the fucking idiot, right? Because when it comes down to sexual health and sexual safety, you, man, need to hear it from somebody that's white. And that's why people like Jeffrey Dahmer is eating you niggas. Because when it comes to sexual safety, you don't want to fucking hear it. Because one word fucking offended you. Really? And you're not even trying to have that. And this is what I'm saying about... This is what I'm saying about applying your fucking problems, your solutions, sorry, to other people's problems. Because if you look in in various different parts of the world where they do not have trans rights whatsoever and people aren't even allowed to identify as trans or whatever it is, or you have people that do, you still have that term used. So that is a term that is used all throughout the world. And if you look at their dating apps, if you look at those kinds of things there... What you have to understand is people will use it. So guess what, my G? It's a bigger problem than fucking me. So if you have the problem with the term and I'm explaining it to you, go and take it up with the big corporations that are making bank off of using the term. Go and make, go and, go and be angry at the OnlyFans DL men that you jack off over, right? That be, be, be lumping them all together and actually be transphobic because that is what I was calling out but you didn't have energy for that you had energy for me you stupid bitch and now when I'm meeting you with that energy and I'm flogging you where the fuck you stand you stupid degenerate university of tiktok graduate stupid granola eating bitch that you are you want to now be doing a, oh my god he ha, ha, look how he spoke to me a dark skin trans no you should have fucking thought about that you should have thought about but you should have thought about the fact that you were a dark skin trans femme before you came at me on crud before you came at me on crud and now you want to be getting people to come and um to try and bully me now fam fam i you can't i'm telling you now my hands work in real life my hands work in real life i kick down people in a real life i will slap someone up in a real life i bottled like people have been bottled for for, for coming at me for less Again, I'm somebody who defends myself. I'm somebody who makes sure that, like, if there is a threat to me, I, I, I don't take them risks, yeah? So, again, you bringing colorism into it, you bringing your dark skin into it, when you came at me like one Rottweiler who, who's eating a scotch bonnet, yeah? You came at me on that. So do not now bring your dark skin into it because we're too dark. Oh, well, I'm actually, uh, you're, I, I'm darker than you and... Uh, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. What do you want me to do? No, seriously. What do you want me to do? Let you talk to me like shit. Let you bully me. No. So then all of a sudden, you know, I ended up in um, Twitter spaces. I'm there. Can you remove Sid because he's colorist and transphobic? Explain the colorism and transphobia quickly. Explain it. Couldn't do it. Well, I just think it's interesting that you went and used... And I said, people use terms 
differently around the UK. No, but I'm telling you that it's offensive. So if I'm telling you it's offensive, you shouldn't use it. We're on the internet. You know what is offensive? What Americans use? Like punctuation? The N-word. Every minute. Nigga, 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 nigga. How many times do you say, my nigga, my nigga? After I said, don't call me that. I said, for the purpose of the space, I won't use the word, but I'm telling you now, here is, here is our queer politic. You don't get to tell us how to navigate that. You don't get to. Unfortunately, you don't. You don't. So, have the energy for the DL men that you man are running down and are punching you up in a real life. And who are giving you STIs and you man don't want to get tested. These men don't want to get tested. And syphilis eating out your eyeballs and your brain. Have the energy for them. Do not have the energy for me. I'm not the one because I will go to hell on some of you. I really will. It's, be- it's, be- it's better off you leave me alone. Like I said, like I said in my bio, I'm an anti-hero. I'm an anti-hero. I'm not Batman. I won't save you. I'm not... I'm not Batman. You see, Batman, Batman don't believe in killing people. Batman would save the Joker's life. Me? <laughs> I'm Red Hood. I'll put a bullet in something. Like, no, Red Hood will put a bullet in someone. Red Hood will leave you to die for the greater good. I, again, Red Hood's an anti-hero. I am an anti-hero. Don't do it. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, don't do it. And what I'm not as well, I'm not one of these people who will... Um, avoid a talking point just because you know it could be harmful or you're giving um talking points to the ops fam if people had their shit together i wouldn't need to say what i had to say in it this drink Mm. but yeah um so there's that the other thing as well And one thing I've noticed is when people will say not too much, that's still a dark skinned duh, 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 duh. But they're still harmful. But you've still been harmful. So again, you're dark, just like me. Listen, I I can be wrong. Sometimes I deserve a lashing. Sometimes I deserve people say, Sid, you are on crud, you need to like pipe the fuck down. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying hold me with it, but sometimes I deserve as good as I get, as, as good as I give, sorry. I deserve it. I'm not going to be going and doing, oh, look at me, I'm a dark skin. No, because I know the score already. I know the score already. And you should too. So if you know so much about colorism, if you know it like, if people know so much already and you know the world is going to hold you to a higher standard, you know, that, like, I'm not saying I will. Um, I try not to do that. But um, if you know the world navigates a certain way and you're putting yourself in the firing line, you put yourself in the firing line. This ain't mean be me being a pick me. <coughs> oh, sorry. Me being a pick me or a bird or anything. I'm not, I'm not doing that. All I'm saying is, is that don't do things don't go out your way to annoy people. Don't go out of your way to be harmful. And then when people are not having it, or when people just really decide to get you together for some shit you actually did, you now want to go and bring colorism into it. You should have thought about it. You should have thought about it. Or better yet, have the range to speak on what the fuck you're speaking on. 
Have, do what you need to be able to do to go and back your fucking chat and know when to take a fucking break. That's what I do. I know, like, fam, at the end of the day, this journey that I'm on, where I'm trying to get people to, like, be aware of all the sexual dangers out there in the queer community, um, anti-black racism, colorism, systemic oppression, erasure, suppression of, like, all of those kinds of things, fam, people don't want to hear it from me. They don't. So you know what I do? I take a break. I take a break. So I'm not angry at the world. Because really, really and truly, them days where I just really want the world to just burn, I just say nothing. I just say nothing because I could, I could, I could have turned, I could, I could have destroyed this. I could have destroyed myself on this podcast if I wanted to. If I really didn't take a break i could i could say some some chronic shit like for those of you who know me know i i can mm, 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 mm. i could really do it but it's like nah just take a break i'm going in a positive direction just take a break just take a break go for a run go in go and distract yourself go in go and do self before you before you self-destruct that's what I have to do. So yeah, um, I do think that. And I do think that there are people who are darker skinned, who are so capable of causing harm. And they do it in their mediocrity because, again, the over-remedy. Because we haven't seen dark skinned people being represented. It's like anybody who is this shade will do. And I'm sorry, it's not. I don't think it's for us. I don't. Not in this UK. I don't. I really don't. Just look at the black people on, on all the blog pages. They're, the like, I would say 90% of them are degenerates. 90% of them cannot have a conversation about anything in this society, in this world. They can't. They're incapable. They're incapable. Like, ask them about tax. Don't know. Ask them about life experience. Don't know. Ask them like ways in which they can uplift black people around them. Church. Fam. Fam. Come on. Come on. Please. Like. And it's like. Once you've met the dark skin quota. It's like them niggas. It's like when, when I'm in the trade union. And you know, if you've ever been in a union, you'll know that old people, they will hold on to a position for as long as they fucking can. They will hold on to it and claim all the expenses, all the time, all, all the money that they can cite. Like, it, oh my God, they will hold on to it. It's like old people in politics. Yep, you've met the Nignog criteria. Um, you, you're not moving, like, that's it, like, you, you want it, okay, you know, yay, you know so much about, like, medicine, um, but no, we're just gonna have this bitch that talks about dildos all day, um, you know, explain how the body works, what, you've got somebody who, uh, you know, uh, 
<clears throat> here's this historian. They, 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 no, but it was too late. Sorry, we've already got this dark skinned person who's got archives from, um, let me see, street blogs. Fam. That's, and, and it's like, there's just, I'm just looking at it and it's like, I just, I just don't have a care politic no more for these. I just, I just don't because it's like, I remember mum used to tell me something. She was like, in the council, when they appoint black people, they appoint them, they appoint the most stupid ones on purpose because they are stupid. And because if they had to appoint somebody who was smart, right, they would actually change things and threaten the system. So therefore you bring somebody in who's just stupid. And that's that's what we're faced with. That's what it is. Um, in my humble opinion, that's what I think the the over remedies to colorism right now is looking like and it needs to stop. Um yes, everyone I know there's jesters and comedians in actually no, I should, I don't want to be reductive to a comedian, but I'm, I'm I think jester is um more appropriate to use. But there's a jester, you know, in every single community in every single collective, but it, it just it just I'm sorry, like, our representation is, like, drill rappers and... Uh, our black representation is in the gutter. It is really in the gutter. So, if it's going to be filled with, like... And you've got all these galas and these awards and it's all these same monotone, dead brain London blacks and only, like, about 5% of them have, like, a book or have actually campaigned or, or, or actually doing something or known for something actually making change there's a fucking problem and if it means that our culture has to be represented by virtue of a light-skinned person i couldn't give a fuck because guess what you weren't gonna do it for us anyway and all of you lot that claim to care about colorism didn't so there's that now on a more positive note in terms of solutions here's what i would say Take pictures of yourself. Gas yourself up. Gas your friends up. If you want, reach out to me so I will gas you up. And I'll be like, you'll be like, Sid, you know what? I want to glow up. Me, I'm good at giving other people advice. Um, I'm currently learning to take mine and it's going well. I'm feeling a lot more confident and things, you know? Um, when it comes to pictures as well, when it comes to pictures... I will say this, yeah, and here's how I know who my real friends are um, when it comes to pictures. You know when you go out and people are like, oh, can you take this picture of me next to the wall with all the flowers on it and whatnot? And you take several pictures, angles, all of those kind of things there, but you spent about between two to five minutes taking a photo of them. When it's your fucking turn, that phone is like, click, click, here you go, back there in your hand. If you're a darker skinned person and people are doing that to you and you notice that they're doing that to you and not to people that are of lighter skin complexion to you, they're a colorist and they're not your friend. And they, they, do, they, they do not, they don't see you as visible. And get out of that arrangement as quick as you can. Because what you don't want to have is all of these photos where you are flattering, uh, sorry, where you're not flattering and you feel like you can't share that with the world because it's like, fam, like... You could have at least got the lighting right. You could have at least, like, 
captured my true likeness and image in this. It's not hard to do because I'm telling you now, I'm telling you right now, that motherfucker is not real because when they want to go and take a picture of their dick to make it look longer, when they want to take um, a, a pussy pic on the front facing camera and make it look real moist for that deadbeat dog, they will trust and believe they will capture the moisture in that pum pum. They will capture the glistening on the end of that dick to send it to whoever they want to send to unsolicited. So do not trust these colorists. They will do it. They will, trust me, they'll do it. Yeah? Okay. So make sure you affirm that fucking boundary. Uh, no, no, actually, uh, yeah, nah, I don't like that picture. Take it again. That's what you're going to do because you are that person. You are that person. You are that bitch. Non-gender includes, um, specific. Go, go and fucking do it. Take my picture of blood clot again. Because you know what? I've took all my time. I have put on this outfit. I have picked out these clothes i've just got my hair cut just got my hair did nails done whatever you've gone and gone and done fam if you want a fucking cute picture you make sure that person takes a fucking cute picture otherwise the next time the next time they ask you to zoom in too far zoom in too pussy clock far that's what you've got to do shake the camera a little bit or pretend like you're too whatever it is so they don't ever fucking ask you again or better yet they should go and get a fucking selfie stick because you will not be one you won't do it. And I'm, I, I know it seems very trivial, but trust me, because what you don't want to do, and I'm speaking from personal experience here, I'm speaking this from a place of actual, like, the love that I want people to have for themselves, the love that I had, the, the journey that I had to really, really go and be on. What you don't want to do is be in a position where university, school, college, work, um, dates, all these events, all of these things, all of these places where you have been and you were not like, you're like actually to the point where you're declining photos and there's years of your existence that is nowhere on, 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 on a digital record, nowhere. And even when you look at our parents who had like Polaroids and those, those um real cameras, like, you know, the cameras where they put things in the real and they had to go to... um whatever a picture shop or wherever it was to go and develop them and whatever even they had pictures where it was you know where they couldn't just delete and go back again they, they were able to do this if our parents who can't even open a fucking meme who can't convert a word document to a pdf were able to go and take nice pictures and look like hot gal in the dance and all of them kind of things there your fucking fuckwit friend can do it too and i mean that shit I also want to set them fucking boundaries. Set those boundaries. There are ways in, like, when you see people that don't respect those boundaries, sometimes boundaries looks like moving them, like, moving away from people. That's what it looks, it looks like, yeah, I don't want to be around you. I don't want that for myself. I am not going to let you treat me like that. I'm not going to let you objectify me in this way. That's what it looks like. And you need to be around people who are li literally, the way I want to say this is not, not trauma bonding in, in very bitter ways on, on, on social media and in these nasty friendship groups where they just want to tear each other down and don't want to have any sort of desire for colorism to end. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about people who genuinely 
genuinely just want community and connection and better for people around them and are actually actually going to therapy actually doing the work actually working on their fucking selves because people they think okay cool now that we've got the talking points and now that we know oppression is there i don't need to do any self-work you're wrong bitch you're fucking wrong again bitch is non-gender specific okay um also understand when these behaviors are rooted in colorism really understand that shit and move accordingly like really move accordingly and move away from these people um don't have them around as people again like i said like in my in the previous episode i noticed my blackness they wouldn't do these things to a light-skinned man they wouldn't do it so i i can't be around you in crisis I'm not settling for this and I'm not treating you. Um, I'm, I, I, I refuse to, to offer you subservience. I refuse to offer you free labor. I'm not around for that. You know? Um, yeah. And I think, you know what? Here's a good place to part this episode. Um, I normally do them in one take, but I've been, um, it's, it's been a fucking heavy episode. It's been a very heavy episode. And, yeah um thank you for sticking with me this far please send your emails into icidycid.gmail.com um you can find me on social media at icidycid at gmail.com uh, uh, I said on instagram twitter and tiktok um like i said like i did say i am fine so you don't need to dm me and be like oh my god Sid, i'm so, so I'd, I'd rather i'd rather you just say said I've shared your episode with somebody who I think would like this. I'd rather that. I'd rather you just took snippets and, I don't know, put it on social media instead and got the message out there. That will make me feel better. <laughs> that will that will actually combat colorism because, like, unlike some people who engage with me on, on different platforms like Clubhouse, um, well, when I was on there... Um, when I was on Twitter spaces and those kind of things, people just sit there. They just sit there like a fucking mumu and um, do nothing. Like, but let it be, and oh God, this is the thing. Like, again, when it's my work, when it's my talking points, when it's something that I have pre-warned the timeline about and I know, I know you've seen it or I know we've spoken about it before and then somebody who prep passes the brown paper bag test, posts it. And again, it's brought to the timeline by my mutuals because I follow you, because we follow each other, because we regularly engage. You've brought, basically play, I don't know, it's weird. But that's just what helps. Um, And if there's any way people want to collaborate, let me know. Um, My main page is Sid the Aquarius and I'm Sid, but I'm just going to go by, I'm not even going to introduce myself as Sid the Aquarius no more. I'm just Sid. I've I've decided that change as well. So yeah. Um, Yeah. So have a good week, weekend um, in the run up to Christmas. If you've got a week off, if it's your half term, whatever the fuck it is you're doing, have a good time. I really, and yeah. I really want that for you. And don't be a fucking colorist and don't fuck them either. Thank you. See ya. Bye.